0: A legacy and not debt. Welcome to Affordable Final Expense, where we do all the shopping and you do all the saving. Hello, this is Michael Lucy from the Leave a Legacy and Not Debt podcast and video channel. Today we're joined by Scott Dweifel, my counterpart out in Colorado. And also, we have two very special guests, Pat and Anthony Mano from Dearborn, Michigan. Scott, real quick, introduce yourself,
1: please. Hello, good morning out there. Scott's wife lives in Loveland, Colorado. Looking forward to hearing the expertise of the Mano family and their history in Detroit.
0: And Anthony and Pat, please introduce yourself. Hi,
2: this is Pat Mano. I've been in the better men's clothing business for 40 years. It started by my father, and we're, we're carrying on the tradition of doing better men's clothing and offering services that just do not exist anymore with
3: our traders. Here's my hey. son.
0: Thank you. And
1: Anthony?
3: Yeah, this is Anthony Mano. Uh, obviously, I'm the son of Pat and the grandson of Leonardo and Leela, our founders. I've been uh, working here full-time for about two and a half years, uh, learning the business and the trade, um, but obviously growing up in a family business... I've been helping here since uh, uh, I was about 12. So very familiar and uh, glad to be a part of it.
0: Very nice. And thank you for for joining Mr. Mano, Mr. Pat and Anthony Mano. And thank you, Scott, for joining us. Uh, Real quick, I promise not to throw any curveballs, but... I, as a child, uh, would frequent Manos, and I was a little kid, so I don't remember everything. And it actually might have been your father, Pat, but I, I remember. Would that be the case?
2: Yes, correct. Yeah, Leonard Mano. He started the business forty-eight years ago. So you probably dealt with him. Yeah. Um, who knows where I was? Maybe I was in school, playing sports. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so this yeah, is to- with my here.
0: Yeah, it would have been the late seventies, early eighties, you know, into the mid eighties, and I just remember the nice, soft-spoken gentleman that always made me feel like I was the world's greatest kid. It was a, it was a, an experience that I remember vividly thirty, you know, thirty years later now.
2: Sure. Well, listen, yeah, you got to be nice to the kids because those are those are our future. Yes. Right. Just yeah. Them a client later on. So, now we we have a habit of um, offering the kids some. You know, some treats when you're here
0: just to make it a memorable experience. Yes. And real quick, so, I've watched your video, the one that's out on YouTube at least half a dozen times now. And you must be extremely proud of Anthony because he is a well spoken person. Can you just, you know, just share with us some of your feelings and thoughts about having your son grow up into the business and carry on the tradition? Well, you know, it's, it's
2: funny. Since Anthony's joined me about. Two and a half years ago, you know, business was very successful here, but there was a level that I just couldn't get to. Uh, I knew we were doing very well, and I told myself, what more can I do? I physically cannot work any more hours or do any more services, but because of the, the media and the internet, he has taken the business to another level. Now that comes with a price. I'm even working harder than I was before, but I'm proud of him. Uh, we are taking the business to another level. And I think our, our formula here, I don't know if there's any place in this country that does what we do. We don't do everything, but what we do is very
0: well. And if you don't mind, can we talk a few minutes about the history of Mano's clothing? A little bit more, a little bit more detail. Feel a, a layer or two of that onion away. And when we visited you last week, you actually talked about some of the the old traditions and the old ways that you did business in Dearborn, Michigan. So I'd love to, you know, for two, three minutes, talk about the rich history and the tradition of Dearborn, Michigan, and how manos fit in over time. Uh, real quick, before, before I start asking questions, is anyone that's listening that's not in Metro Detroit? You may or may not be familiar with Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan is, the, it's the home of the automobile. For over a hundred years, Henry Ford set up shop, Ford Motor Company, had drove the economy of Metro Detroit and Dearborn was that hub. And Dearborn is a very close-knit community. Lots of independent businesses came up through the ranks over the years and the manners fit right into that. And can you explain to us like what life was like 40, 50 years ago in Dearborn, Michigan for, for you,
2: Pat? Sure, sure. As you know, my parents were immigrants from uh, Sicily. And they came to Canada, and they, they came back and forth across the um, Detroit River, and they worked at jail Hudson's. My father was Mr. Hudson's personal fitter, and these tailors were so skilled that uh, they all eventually opened up their own store, and if you didn't have siblings to take over you, after 30, 40 years, you no longer existed. But we brought tradition. Um, we're trying to carry that on because finding Taylor today is very challenging at the level that we, we need them uh, to be but uh, both my mother and father started the business and um, it's, 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 a great, it's a great business because of the relationship you build with your clients I've helped three generations and my son will uh, hopefully help um, future generations so uh, that's basically it
0: and anthony at are 28 is that correct anthony heck yeah and so of what we just talked about like the old school tradition and fabric the culture of dear michigan do you remember much of that being 28 or is that was that before your time
3: well i, I remember vaguely you know people dressing a lot more for business um so that i think has, has gone to the wayside slightly Uh, But what I've recognized is that there's a a serious uptick in a lot of our event-based and social gathering business. So, you know, I'm hinting at weddings, fundraisers, all things of of that nature. So what was once uh, very common in a gentleman's closet, you know, know, an array of suits and sport coats, they now don't have, but the fact of the matter is people still want to look appropriate for the event that they're going to. So now I'm seeing resurgence terms of a wedding and, and event-based business
0: very nice and a uh, real quick so as I watched your video over and over and over again I heard you refer to uh, Mano I believe at uh, correct me if I'm wrong Mano Moderna and Mano Classico is that correct
3: correct yeah the two two sides of our shop
0: okay and I'll, I'll if I may give an amateur description of what I feel that is and please jump in when I'm done and explain exactly what it is. Here's how I interpret it. Maguerno, Maguerno, Mano Maguerno is kind of Anthony's um, masterpiece, so to speak. So the 28 year old, savvy, well-spoken, professional, third generation entrepreneur uh, has taken over and brought a a more, more modern approach to Mano's, Well, Mr. Mano, Mr. Pat Mano is more involved on the classical side. He's the guy that walks around with the tape measure around his neck. Um, he's been doing this for so long. You, you when I see those image, that imagery in your videos, it, it makes me feel that there's old school and new school. There's something in there for everyone for all ages. Am I spot on here, or what? What did I? Am I interpreting this right?
3: Well, I think the last thing that you said is probably the most accurate. Where there is something for for people of all ages. And that is probably the biggest thing we wanted to communicate, you know, and uh, the one thing I should clarify, this is uh, this is by no means my creation, I, it is attributed to my dad, um, it was his vision in terms of how he wanted to have a, a modern and a classic approach uh, to the storefront, also put together uh, literally and figuratively by our tailor, our tailor shop right in the middle that you can walk through, so Okay. Um, yeah, you know, the couple main uh, differences between the shops is that on the modern side, I, I carry uh, lower sizing, um, and also uh, we kind of cap our price point. So we won't exceed um, over a certain dollar amount just to keep, um, you know, it's by no means a discount store. Um, but we do cap the price point. And then also, this thing is different. So my father will buy the merchandise for the classic side and then I will buy the merchandise for the the modern side. At the end of the day though, as you you visit our shops, wherever the people are walking in, that's where we are and we're just ready to help uh, wherever uh, wherever they can find something.
0: Okay. And, And Mr. Mano, Pat, do you have anything to contribute?
2: Yeah, one thing I want to point out, you know, the young generation is our future. And I think too many times they walk into stores today and they're not treated with uh, uh, TLC like they should. You know, this is our, our future buying potential. And again, regardless whether you spend less for a suit or you spend a suit, the fit's gonna be the same. That's what's critical. But our taters here, we have approximately 250 buying years of tatering experience. You buy an inexpensive suit, or an expensive suit is going to fit the same obligation to um, the young generation and you know we treat them the way they're supposed to be treated and uh, i think a lot of them don't realize how it used to be to walk in to a store we want to be your personal tailor regardless whether it's blue jeans or an expensive suit we're going to take care of you uh, with our expertise and uh, you know we a lot of uh you know massaging here for people's ego you know we want them to feel special because they are special
0: great and you know i keep referring back to the video it's a super well produced video that you guys have and in that video one of the things that i remember very well is anthony at the beginning of the video says um when people visit our store i would like for them to slow down that's what shopping's all about is slowing down and for some reason, that I remember that, um, Anthony, can you just talk a little bit more about slowing down and enjoying the experience?
3: Yes, and that's what it is. It's an experience. We're in a day and age where you can have things delivered to your house same day, um, in terms of Amazon and even some of your bigger box stores. We're able to do some turnaround like that, and we have some funny stories uh, regarding you know how quick we can we can turn around tailored suits but it it, this isn't uh, meant to be a rushed experience because we want you to enjoy it we understand that uh, that luxury clothing is an investment so we want to almost go through an educational process if people aren't familiar with it Um, and then we need to uh, really reinforce the amount the investment that we're putting into the garment so while we have a lot of what we call ready-made clothing here um, you know suits off the rack we are then going to invest you know a lot of our time and expertise into that that cloth to make sure that it fits the, the person perfectly, and all this requires time. So, um, you know, we, we like to, you know, give a, give a soft approach and, uh, you know, at least budget, budget a, a good hour with us, and then that way we can build a relationship that lasts for many years.
0: Thank you. And, and once again, what I'm going to do is when I write up this article that will coincide with the podcast is I'm going to include that video. And I recommend anyone listening to this or reading the article also, uh, watch that video. It's three minutes, but it's excellent. That it makes you feel like you're living in the past. I love it. And so next, we're gonna transition into the, the main talking point, And that is, uh, what is the modern trend for people attending funerals? What to wear for funerals? Uh, also, we're gonna talk about how to dress someone that has passed, how to dress them appropriately, and to make sure that they have a lasting memory as for their viewing and when they're laid to rest. Uh, That's a very popular question. Uh, That's the number one question people asked of me when they knew uh, this podcast was going to be produced. So before I do that, Uh, I I know you guys are humble people, Pat and Anthony, but real quick, a little bit of, I'll help you with the humble brag. I'll leave the show here. What are some of the, what are some of the examples of people that you help tailor their their clothes?
2: A lot of college coaches, top executives and CEOs in the country, but we have fun taking care of a lot of Big Ten coaches. Uh, You know, they're just nice to deal with, but they want service. Uh, Yesterday, I did a house call. It's someone's business and he says he appreciates the service because his optometrist makes him wait hours in the office Where I go to his office and take care of his uh, clothing needs So um, today you just got to give lots of service and uh, take good, take care of people and they will respond But you only get one opportunity with these uh, celebrities You better not blow it because uh-huh. you will not get back in So we have
3: fun helping them If I I can add, just the, everybody to us, one of the best pieces of advice my dad gave me when I started working is treat everyone exactly the same. And so everyone to us is, uh, you know, if you want to call them a celebrity, you know, everybody's important. Whether we're helping just shortening the pants that you brought in yourself, or if you need a suit made from scratch. You know, everybody is important. Everybody is worth our time. And that's something that we really try to reinforce every single day. All
0: right. On to the main question, the highlight, the feature of this podcast. And that is the modern trend for funeral attire. Not only the modern trend, but the evolution of funeral attire over time. A pet. You're the one with the most experience here. Will you share with us, you know, the evolution of funeral attire over time? Where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed?
2: Sure. I think what's happened, though, um, yeah, it sounds fortunate. But again, I have attire for funerals. I have attire for going to the theater. I have attire for work. And I think, though, sometimes, um, again, I'm old school. I think it's a little bit disrespectful to go to a funeral wearing shorts and a T-shirt. But then again, you know, they're showing your family respect by just attending. But again, I still wear my traditional black suit. But in my opinion, you should at least wear something that's appropriate for the venue. I just out of respect for the family. But if someone's traveling and they don't have quite the attire that day and they come in and pay their respects, look, my father passed uh, about a year and a half ago, and there's guys that came right off the golf course to visit. Now, who am I to, to judge them and say, what are you doing dressed as pretty? At least they showed respect. But today, I still have appropriate attire as if I was going to the, a fundraiser. I have a for that too. But show respect, at least wear, in my opinion, a jacket, if not a tie. Um, appropriate, you know, not necessarily darker colors, as long as you're dressed. But again, I'm old school, so the young generation may not feel quite the same as me about dressing.
0: It's that, a very common theme when I talk about this in public, is the, the modern trend to wear shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, Anthony, so someone that's 28. I'd love to hear your opinion or take on this topic for, for appropriate attire. What, what do you have to say, Anthony?
3: Yeah, there's really not a whole lot for me to add. I, I agree with, with my father, and just even kind of taking a lighter approach to it. You know, when I go to a wedding, I'm always gonna put on a jacket. Now, maybe I might not necessarily wear a tie. Um, well, I, I should back, backtrack. I will always wear a tie, but I, you know, I think putting on a jacket is appropriate. And the same thing's true with funerals. The only thing I might, I might add is that uh, you just keep, you know, colors darker. So you don't necessarily have to wear black to, to a funeral, but if you have the darker tones, your more somber tones that are associated with with um, death, unfortunately. Um, I think that is very respectful. And, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just getting there. Um, that I think is, uh, I believe in, the, in certain cultures, it's the highest um, compliment that you can pay to someone is going to their, their funeral because they can never pay you back for, for doing that. So. Um...
0: Okay, thanks Anthony. Scott, you, got, you have any questions about funeral attire?
1: No, I just, I like to hear the old school versus new school, so to speak, mentality. I think it's a good combination and ultimately they are respected everyone and we aren't necessarily judging on attire, but uh, it is a a factor to to keep in mind.
0: And we have a a comment and I'll spin it into a question. The comment's from, I I can say his name publicly because he's on our team. It's David Truffleman. Uh, David's a, a writer uh, for insurance, IULs, and annuities out in North Carolina. But David says, I never wear a tie anymore, even with the suit. I don't wear often. Uh, what about, how does that tie in a funeral? Should you wear a tie or should you not wear a tie? I,
3: I would definitely put on a tie. I mean, it's, uh, I, I just think, that, you know, for for a half hour to an hour, I think you can end it. Um on
2: that. Well, again, I, most of the time I come right from work, and I'm always dressed appropriately. I could be wearing casual attire at work, but out of respect for my client, I'm going to dress the way I feel is appropriate for the venue and the setting that I'm in. Now, there's going to be disagreement, but that's okay. Everybody's opinion is, is, is correct. But uh, when I go to a funeral, I'm going to show the most respect for the family member. Okay. That's my belief, and um, I'm okay with this. doesn't do that,
0: That's okay, too. Okay. All right, the ultimate question. That is, what color tie is most appropriate for a funeral? Or is it, once again, a matter of preference?
3: Uh, Well, this, yes, it's a matter of preference, but I would say within some general guidelines, you know, it needs to complement the suit that you're wearing. Um, So if you're wearing, you know, a black or a charcoal suit, I would keep it in neutral tones. I tend to not... Uh, Introduce any sort of accent colors when when I'm pairing things up for a funeral. Um, Just like I said, keep it in the neutrals and the shades. um, Stay away from anything that is bright or poppy or pastel. And then that way it reflects the attitude of the environment. And we'll take this approach whether it be a funeral, a wedding, an interview, a business professional meeting. Um, you, You use the same kind of guidelines just to keep people on the right track.
0: Okay. And if we may, we'll move on to the next topic. And that is the proper attire for a person that's being laid to rest for the, for the viewing and or being laid to rest. This is kind of a wide open topic. Who wants to start? I don't, I don't know where to start. Who wants to start leading this conversation? Uh, Pat, are you comfortable leading it?
2: Sure. Well, obviously, you know, it depends on the culture. Um, you know, m- my father just passed a year and a half ago, so we put him in a nice, actually it was a nice chocolate brown suit. I gave him a new tie, and I tell you, he looked very, very good. Um, I gave him a kiss, and I said, Dad, you look great.
3: We've, we've seen a couple different things done. Uh, yeah, we've we've had the, uh, the opportunity to dress a, a couple individually, at least in my two and a half years, so I know you've done more, Dad. But um, sometimes, you know, people keep it very uh, simple and standard, um, again, in a neutral uh, suit, so black or a gray. And then other times, people will uh, choose to dress the individual in what their favorite garment was, or what their favorite color was. Um, so I, I think that's a, if if I were to you know pick kind of pick my own, I would probably do that. I would like for you know people to put me in what I what I enjoyed wearing the most that kind of reflected me happiest uh, you know when I was when I was alive. So yeah, a couple options. There's really there's not a whole lot of right right and wrong.
2: I think there was one client we put him in, in a black watch plaid. I don't know if he was from Scotland or Ireland, but that looked nice. You know, it's whatever the family chooses.
0: So as Anthony was speaking, here's what I thought of. Uh, My first impression of Anthony, who I never had met before, once again, I hadn't been in Manos for 25, 30 years, visited the store last Tuesday. I came in and I was greeted by Anthony immediately at the door. And Anthony was obviously very well dressed. He had a very nice blue sport coat and a bow tie on. If, God forbid, something were to happen to Anthony and I were... 30 years from now to go to Anthony's viewing, I would expect to see, or I would hope to see, that blue sport coat and a bow tie, because that's my first impression. So I I, I know I've spun this uh, off track a little bit. However, I think this is a great opportunity to talk about first impressions.
2: Well, you know, we tell a lot of young guys. In fact, a a real short story, the other day, a young man came in about 10 days ago. Um, He was getting a job, he was for a job interview, and in the the room where they were all um, at, there was six guys, he was the only one that had a suit on and for the interview, and who do you think got the job?
0: The the man with the suit.
2: Yeah, the person with the suit, you know, he showed respect for the company and his his bosses, and he, he went through the expense and the effort to look appropriate and your, your appearance doesn't matter for, in fact when we work on a client we know for a fact that our name is all over that suit when he walks out of here if something's not right that's a reflection of us it is that important that you look the best you can for the venue that you're at because again uh, poor impression you can never
3: you can't erase that ever yeah yeah, that, yeah. And to, to piggyback off of some of those comments the um with, with uh, first impressions, a lot of times people ask me, well, you know, I don't want to overdress, you know, given a situation. Well, the one advantage of overdressing versus underdressing is that I can always remove a tie, I can always take off a jacket, where if you're underdressed for an occasion, there's really nothing else that you can do. So I think it's, it's really important just to be mindful of <laughs> maybe doing a little bit extra is okay and then adjusting as needed. Uh, if you you walk into the environment and you think you're slightly overdressed, okay.
0: Um, yeah. And uh, the last question I have about funeral attire, specifically dressing the person appropriately for a service, for a viewing, and being laid to rest, is uh, we we talked for a minute about cultures, and uh, as being as someone that's involved in the in the life insurance industry. I have quickly learned here in Metro Detroit because of the culture, the fabric of of the average Metro Detroit. We have a very large population of Middle Eastern people. Their faith, their culture requires that that they they be laid out for viewing and that their respects be paid hopefully within 24 hours, but there are occasions where they'll uh, extend that to 48 hours. Do you ever run across that uh, in our culture, pattern, and Anthony, where there's an absolute rush, where there's an absolute sense of urgency to get that person into the proper attire and, and get through the, process, the viewing process.
2: Well, I know, I know for a fact the Middle Eastern, yes, things are done at a much faster pace. The Italian culture, they used to have viewings for two, three, four days mm-hmm. waiting for relatives to come in from Europe. But no, I did notice that it is done very quickly and typically it's just a very elegant black suit mm-hmm. and um, before you know it, the, the services are, are done within a day. Yeah, I have noticed that, but also the funeral home, if it's a reputable firm, they'll, they'll know what to do immediately. Then they can come to us if they need a garment, we can make sure they get one uh, that's appropriate for the, the, the venue.
0: Okay, a- and Anthony, do you have anything uh, to add on this?
3: no I, I would definitely defer to my to my father on that um, because he's he's done far more of these than I have we have you know had to rush yeah uh, our, our rush occasions are typically not for the the individual being laid to rest but mostly for uh, family members or friends that need a, a garment in a, in a quick amount of time
0: I got you thank you uh, you know once again from the life insurance angle I quickly learned uh, when I sat with my first Middle Eastern client, this was was the biggest part of the conversation was, how fast can you process the funds on the life insurance side? And then they laid out and explained to me exactly the culture. So then light bulbs started going off, you know, the funding for the end of life with respect to life insurance or estates or trust or wherever that funding comes from needs to be processed quickly. But when you take it one step further, the entire process has to be expedited including clothing, including invitations and flowers. The whole process, we're here, uh, number one, because the Leave a Legacy and Matt Debt Debt podcast and video channel, what we talk about is end-of-life planning and preparation. We talk about different angles for end-of-life planning and preparation, and what I like to say behind the scenes is we put a little bit of sex appeal behind that so that you're comfortable asking questions. We're bringing to you, our audience, people that you can reach out to and ask these difficult questions for. Uh, If I may, Pat, last week when I walked in and we spoke on the phone, number one, a couple times, and then when I walked in, it was obvious to me um, because you brought up long-term care, insurance, long-term care. You brought that up to me that that's very important to you. Uh, If you don't mind just sharing with me why that's important to you and why why you and I have had that conversation?
2: Well, I, I tell you, it's probably one of the most in, important products that you can offer a client because I've worked my entire life to leave a legacy for my kids, but not only my kids, for maybe my grandkids, and I don't want to see it disappear due to, let's say, an illness that I have because health, the cost of health care, um, my father... Thank goodness twenty five years ago he bought health long term care and I didn't realize, I says, Why are you spending this money? Well, he was obviously a lot smarter than I was. In a year and a half he went through so much insurance and what would have happened it would have devastated the family savings, would have to have sold his house. So what happened is he he was taking care of his dignity uh, the insurance, we had 24-hour care because of the long-term care insurance. Otherwise, his entire savings would have disappeared. Again, I want to leave my kids with a positive note. It left them something, not just debt. So, uh, yeah, again, if we live long enough, we're all going to need some type of um, care, nursing, or, or, or home care. And the way the costs are, it's it's ten to 12000 a month. To take care of a family member, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have that kind of disposable income, so I would encourage your clients to seriously protect their lifetime of assets, having appropriate um, insurance.
0: And you know, I want to personally thank you for lighting the fire uh, for me. Uh, you brought it up, and you brought it up with such passion that I have taken the time in the last couple weeks since you brought it up to follow through. Uh, learn more about it and see see where it fits into legacy planning. Um, so thanks thanks for bringing that up, Pat, in our initial conversation and you know when we had met in person. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And all right, so let's wrap it up. Uh, some calls to action. Uh, why don't we start with Scott? Scott, you've been sitting on the sidelines. Scott, uh, if you would please once again tell us who you are and how we can get a hold of you and what, what who you are, what you do, and how we can get a hold of you.
1: Sure. Just a couple general comments. Just thank um, the Manos for being on. I appreciate their approach to business. I'm partial to good looking clothes and like to think I dress better than average on normal. Uh, a general plug for getting well fit clothing is everyone says they don't like to be in suits because they're uncomfortable. Well, if you're in a well fit well fitted suit, you could be 24 hours of that thing and you'd be very comfortable. That's what I've learned from having those. So. I encourage people to check out ready made or fitted suits, and whether it's at your place or anywhere else. So, uh, thanks for being on. My name's Scott. I'm in Loveland, Colorado with Leave a Legacy Not Debt. And until next
2: time. Well, thank you for that nice comment. You know, those guys that work for Tom James, you guys were cut above. You guys are real professionals.
1: Thank you. Yeah, uh, they do a good job. They, big office down in Denver and uh, oh I wanted to I don't know how you're gonna cut this in Mike so maybe just from when you're telling their story so when I get fitted I don't think people understand how many measurements do you guys take when someone comes in to get a suit fitted
2: well we, we're gonna take uh, chest overarm, uh, waist stomach you know if we take five or six I mean I've been doing this a long time I can make a custom suit um, but obviously we don't want to rush it we we take the shoulder slant the neck incline, there's a lot of measurements so I yeah. would say take a 10 and then you know, I've, been, I've been doing suits for 40 years, um, I just took care of a gentleman the other day, size 72, and um, the biggest man I've ever dealt with and again, it required a little work but we nailed it the first time so it was, it was a good experience but um, uh, yeah, yeah. I
1: don't think I realized, oh I'm sorry, go ahead
2: no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I didn't think I realized how many ankles my body had, but it made the suit fit perfect. So I appreciate what you guys do there.
2: Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, this has been an enjoyable experience today, guys. Thanks for doing this. Hopefully we, we helped your, your clients about the insurance and about dressing well. Your appearance does matter. All
0: right. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Real quick, where are you, where is your shop located, and how would people get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to reach you?
3: It's anything to take over here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mike, our shop is located on Michigan Avenue, two blocks east of Telegraph Road, right in Deer Warren, Michigan. Uh, They can get a hold of us in a variety of ways. Uh, You can give us a phone call at 313-561-1419. Contact us via email at Anthony at ManoClothing.com. And you can also contact us via Facebook and Instagram. Uh, our handle is at ManoClothing.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining, Pat. Thank you for joining, Anthony. And uh, as always, Scott, my colleague out in Colorado. Uh, real quick, my name is Michael Lucy from the Leave a Legacy and Not Get podcast and video channel. Uh, we're here to talk about everything to do with end of life planning and preparation. Today, we were fortunate enough to be joined by the Mano family, Mano's clothing in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, Please stay tuned. In the upcoming weeks, we are going to have Debbie from Kansas, and she is a social worker, and she's going to talk about grief counseling. And then the following week, we have Dr. Sabrina Black from Pontiac, Michigan. And Dr. Black is going to talk about and help us understand how children can best cope with uh, a death and funeral and preparations that parents can do for children when taking them to a funeral of a loved one. So once again, my name is Michael Norsi. I can be reached by phone or text at 734-288-8323 if you have any questions at all about life insurance or annuities, including whole life, term life, IULs, and soon-to-be long-term care planning. Uh, I'd be happy to take your questions and answer as soon as possible. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day. Bye now.